peace to you in Jesus' name. We celebrate the victory of Jesus in this second Sunday of Easter. When warriors return from battle, they have the scars of battle to help them tell the story of how the victory was won. Jesus will have his scars from the crucifixion forever. Even in his resurrected glory, he could still show Thomas that he was the same flesh and blood that had been on the cross and now had risen in triumph. We worship in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let everyone praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His majesty is above earth and heaven. The God of our fathers raised Jesus. God exalted him at his right hand as prince and savior. And grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, the ruler of kings on earth. Alleluia. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Almighty God, we confess to you that we are sinful by nature. We need you. We have sinned by our selfish thoughts, our hurtful words, and our unloving actions. Our faith has wavered in your love and care. Forgive us for the sake of our victorious Lord, Jesus Christ. And to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his triumph and made us a kingdom in his holiness, even our Lord Jesus Christ, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. As a servant of God, I forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks be to God. We pray, Almighty God, grant that we who have celebrated the Lord's resurrection may by your grace now live in your victory over all things. We ask this in the glorious name of the one who has risen from the dead, Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. In this second week of Easter, we turn to God's Word from the book of Acts, chapter 5, beginning at verse 12. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. 
Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles, put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. And when the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full testimony of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there, so they went back and reported. We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors, but when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, Look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to teach in this man's name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Now Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior, that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. And from the book of Revelation, chapter 1, beginning at verse 4. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, 
and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory, power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the people on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom, and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus, was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God in the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, which said, Write on a scroll what you see, and send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the death, I hold the keys of death and the keys of Hades. This is the word of the Lord, and thanks be to God. Our gospel is according to St. John, the 20th chapter, beginning at verse 19. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. 
After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hands into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. And then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. This is the Gospel of the Lord. And praise to you, O Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus had defeated death. He had conquered sin and the devil. He is the triumphant victor. Jesus is the greatest of all warriors. And it was his destiny. Looking back at Jesus' family tree, you find notable warriors tested in battle. Forty-two generations back, Jesus' ancestor Abraham assembled his specially trained squad of 318 men 
they staged a clever night raid to rescue Abraham's nephew Lot and his family and his flocks. Upon his victorious return, Abraham was celebrated for relying on God for his victory. Blessed be Abraham by God most high, they sang, creator of heaven and earth. And blessed be God most high, who delivered your enemies into your hand. Abraham, part of Jesus' family tree, celebrated God's strength in his victory. And then, well, some 28 generations back, Jesus' ancestor David was also a great warrior. David was brave even when young. He battled the giant Goliath when no one else would, winning his triumph with a sling and a few stones. And later, David marched an army into Jerusalem and conquered and took the city. When crowned as king, David learned to be a prayerful warrior. Before assaulting the Philistines, David prayed, and God spoke to him. Do not go straight up, but circle around behind and attack them in front of the balsam trees. As soon as you hear the sound of marching in them at the top of the balsam trees, move quickly because that will mean that the Lord has gone out in front of you to strike down the Philistine army. And so it was. God won the victory for the prayerful warrior David. Abraham and David were two great warriors in Jesus' family tree. They are just part of the history recorded in sacred scripture that is filled with victories won. Battles were fought. Armies and kings were defeated. But the greatest of all battles could only be for Jesus to win. The son of Abraham, the son of David, the son of the living God, he alone could battle death, sin, and the evil one. Only he could win such a victory. Fighting the ultimate battle the one sent from heaven, Jesus, would need no weapon or tool other than the love of God Almighty. When he was wandering around, those who had seen Jesus come and go in the small villages around Galilee, they were surprised by how little he seemed to have. He seemed to only have the clothes on his back and the sandals on his feet. 
But Jesus, with his voice and his hands, Jesus could make so many amazing things happen. Jesus could speak or touch someone and bring a miraculous victory into their lives. When he needed to, he could speak with authority. His words created things out of nothing. And when people asked him questions, his judgment was always righteous and true. Something about Jesus could just make you smile, like seeing the sun on a clear day. But, well, then, there came that day. A day that was a kind of ultimate battle. Jesus was being crucified. Was Jesus losing his life? Was Jesus losing this battle? But somehow, even just with his words, it seemed as if Jesus really was having the victory. From the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. <laughs> what was happening? Jesus, forgiving those who nailed him to this cross, was in a way setting the whole world at peace with his forgiveness. And even now on the cross, Jesus was inspiring hope and faith. The man being crucified next to him looked at Jesus and asked him, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth. Today, you will be with me in paradise. <laughs> well, what was happening? All the brokenness of the world was being repaired by this holy sacrifice. The Son of the living God was building the bridge to God's kingdom and paradise. It was not easy to see or understand how this ultimate battle was being won. And it was not easy to see when they buried him. It was not easy to understand when on that still and quiet Saturday, nothing happened and nothing changed. But then the next day, Suddenly, there was Jesus, standing among them, and he smiles at them, and he says, Peace be with you. And now Jesus could show them the scars of battle. He showed them his hands. The nails of death could not defeat him. He showed them his side where they had pierced him. 
the cruelty of the world, the cruelty of one man to another had been set aside and defeated. Jesus lives. And his disciples were overjoyed to celebrate his victory. And with his words, Jesus released them to celebrate the victory of God's love. Receive the Holy Spirit, he said. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. Peace be with you. He spoke to their souls with the peace that he had won in victory. Well, something would be missing without hearing Jesus speak this. Thomas, one of the disciples, was off somewhere fighting his own battles. And maybe each of us in our, in our own way, we understand Thomas. Thomas needs to see it for himself. Thomas is smart enough to know that there is so much at stake here. He cannot give his heart to a messenger sent from the battlefield with tales of great victory. Thomas wants to see the champion himself. Each one of us wants this. We long and hope for this. We want to see him. Well, Thomas only needed to wait one week. Then Jesus returned and Jesus spoke to Thomas. Peace be with you. Jesus invited him to celebrate the flesh and blood of his victory. Thomas could now see the reality of it. Here were the scars of the battle now won. Jesus will bear the scars of his triumph forever. Stepping back today with Thomas, you and I can imagine stepping forward to our Thomas-like moment when we will get to see him. Well, Jesus is already thinking about that moment of celebration with you. I think he's thinking about it when he tells Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus was thinking of us and the reality of our first moment when we see him. But now, even now, we believe and so we are ready to sing and celebrate Jesus in his victory before we have even seen his scars or heard his war stories. 
And there's a reason for that. It's because Jesus, from the field of his victory, he sent messengers to us. They tell us what they saw when Jesus came to them, risen, alive, and victorious. There is John, John the disciple whom Jesus loved. John who writes his gospel for us and tells us he's writing down this testimony of these things so that you may believe that Jesus is the Savior, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. Well, even then, Jesus was not done with John. He would show him still more of his victory and years and decades later, well, John was alone on the island of Patmos. He had been exiled there. They had tried to silence him. But Jesus appeared to him there on that little island, looking into heaven. John tells us, now, now Jesus really looked like a champion. A golden sash was around his chest. His eyes were blazing like fire. His voice was like rushing water. In his right hand, he held seven stars. His face was like the shining of the sun. John, even on his little captive island, was looking into heaven at Jesus, the victorious and eternal one. From beginning to end, it is him, the one who is the Alpha and the Omega. It's him who answers our prayers. So long ago, David, in all of his struggles, had imagined a far greater warrior than himself. And David prayed, and David called on this champion and warrior to come. He said in his prayer, lower your heavens and come down, he prayed. Reach down your hand from above. Save me. Rescue me from peril of sword. Save me. David the musician was ready even then to sing and make music on his ten-stringed harp for the one who gives victory to kings. David's words from the past, they come to us just as John's words come from the very morning they discovered the empty tomb. The victor had come. 
John on his little island looks at him in all of his glory. And he tells us the sword of his victory was coming from his mouth with his every word. Yes, it is the same Jesus who had won his triumph with the love of God alone. Speaking his love, commanding this most powerful force in all the universe, the one who holds the stars in his hands has won his victory. Now, Jesus, we thank you and we celebrate your victory. Let me pray for you that you would be so blessed. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, we worship you for sending your son Jesus to be our victor, champion, and triumph. Bless us with joyful faith and peaceful trust that you are victory in all things. May we be so blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. I invite you to share with me the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We worship God with our offering. I invite you to send your offering to our church by mail. Thank you. Bless you. and humility for all great and simple joys and for the weak things of the earth that have confounded the strong for the gift of wonder and the joy of discovery for the everlasting freshness of experience for the newness of life each day as we grow older glory be to you O Lord for the intimacies of friendship, 
for the traditions and customs of the home, for meals eaten together in fellowship, for all the sanctities of family life, for games and holidays in the open air, for books and pictures and all our small possessions. Glory be to you, O Lord. For forest trees in spring and for fruit blossoms, for the smell of the earth after rain, for the green grass and the flowers, for cloud and sun, hills and mountain streams, for birds, for children, and the joys of innocence, for the satisfaction of work attempted and achieved, for the joy of harvest. Glory be to you, O Lord. For the happiness which is born of sympathy and sorrow, for the rapture of the lost soul finding love again, and for the joy of the angels of God over one sinner that repents, for comedy and laughter, and for the gift of humor and glad hearts, for all the Lord's merry men and women who have consecrated mirth with the love of Christ, glory be to you, O Lord. For all singers and musicians, and all who work in form or color to increase the joy of life, for poets and craftsmen, for all who rejoice in their work and make things well, glory be to you, O Lord. For all who have loved the unfortunate and carried their sorrows in their hearts, for all obscure and humble saints, for bold and caring men and women who have made life sweeter and gentler, glory be to you, O Lord. For the image of Christ in believers, their forbearance and generosity, their good temper, their courage, and their kindness, for the glory of God shining in unsung lives, for families and the sacrifices we make for each other, glory be to you, O Lord. And Lord, we ask your blessing for those who especially need your care. We ask your blessing for those we name in our hearts before you. prayer. Glory be to you. Amen. Good Father, we thank you that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us, not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Come, risen Lord, live in us that we may live in you. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. listening to this audio service of Bethlehem Lutheran Church, Glen Lake, Minnesota. This podcast features Reverend James Disney with music by Sue Bloom, produced and edited by Amy Munson. If you enjoy listening, we encourage you to visit our website at www.blcmtka.org to learn more about our church and to support this podcast. Blessings upon your week.